Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Andre, you won't believe what I just did. What's that? I just went into some deep snow with the brand new... Raptor 37. Really? Uh, and I just went into deep snow in a big military truck. Well, you just, uh, well, that's, um, that's great, Andre. You just took the wind out of my sails, <laughs> I got to say. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll, let's save the uh, old military truck for later. That, that's a whole different video. It will be on TFL Truck. No, How about, we'll, we'll save it at the end of the podcast. Okay, okay, okay. All right, so today, Andre, we're going to be talking about... Uh, the Raptor 37, which is the newest generation of the Raptor that comes on 37s, obviously. And then we're going to be talking about uh, our truck fleet because we did something really fun this week. We actually did a tug-of-war between the Titan, the Tundra, the Bronco, the TRX, and, of course, the Raptor 37. So we thought it would be interesting to kind of go through all those trucks uh, and talk about you know what's been good, what's been bad about them, uh, and... Uh, yeah, let's get right to it, huh? Yeah, totally. Uh, the Raptor 37, you know, it's I drove it at the event a few months ago, yeah. last year in 2021, and been dying to get it here to Colorado, and it's finally here. And uh, it's in this bright coat orange paint, and it's on huge tires from the factory. You know, it's ironic. Uh, we did actually a tug of war between the Bronco... Uh, and the Raptor. No, we did. I think we did that one. That was the only one we didn't actually do in the brackets. But right. anyway, anyway, they're both Ford orange, and yet the Bronco is cyber orange. <laughs> and what's the uh, Raptor 37? Code orange. Yeah, which one's orange? Uh, the, the, the F-150 Raptor. <laughs> of course. Yeah. The, 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 the Bronco orange, cyber orange, is basically yellow. I mean, it's a good color. I, I like it, but it is, I, I wouldn't call it orange. All right. So tell me about the Raptor 37. Uh, we you know, got it at the beginning of the week now here. It's uh, Wednesday, so we've had some time with it. Uh, and by the way, guys, if you're interested in checking out that tug of war, uh, because we could discuss it, but it's almost more fun just to watch it because we had it at the ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you guys know, we have a new ranch, Tumbleweed Ranch, so we're taking advantage of the fact that we've got 20 acres that we can uh, use basically to have fun and win. Yeah. Uh, and so we thought, why not do an epic tug-of-war? That's over at uh, TFL Off-Road or... 
to keep track of everything in one place, go to tfl-studios.com, uh, where we have all of our content in one place. So let's dig into uh, the Raptor 37. So third generation Raptor. Yeah, it's all new. It came out last year. And also, while we are starting the podcast, I want to thank also some Patreons because we have a lot of supporters. Um, and um, so let's just dig into the Raptor first um, and then thank some Patreon supporters. Um, it's all new third generation. It doesn't look that new. You know, uh, I was I was driving in the TRX and I had it in the windscreen in the mirror behind me. It looks like uh, it looks like a, a Cylon from Battlestar Galactica. It's mm-hmm. got a very space uh, vibe to it. Maybe uh, maybe a stormtrooper, right? Because it's it's very subtle. What they did was they made those like LED lights that light up now the driving lights orange, right? A lot of the manufacturers are going away from the white ones to different colors. So on the new Raptor, they're orange, and I'm, with my hands, I'm kind of doing a two L's pointing down. You get this kind of a uh, like top of a box. The daytime running yeah. light. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how you can really distinguish them from the last generation. But it's and not, from other F-150s. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's very subtle. And I, and I think, I mean, some of the inspiration for the new third-generation Raptor uh, was kind of the uh, F-22 Raptor fighter jet, right? They talked about it when they unveiled it. I don't see really the fighter jet in this, but I do see a, a massive truck because it do, does look wide. It is still very, very wide. It's about, what, eight and a half or nine inches wider than the regular F-150. And it's very tall, right? It, it's sitting on these 37s. Um, 37... Well, so many current owners uh, probably have upgraded their Raptors to the 37s. But what Ford did with this 37-inch tall tire is they redesigned some of the rear frame to accommodate also not just the suspension, but also the spare tire. That's a 37 that gave it special unique shocks, which are live valve, adjustable Foxes, 3.1 inch now. So it's a kind of, a, it's a whole package. They really engineered it together. So a couple observations I can give you. Uh, so we just uh, took it, me and Tommy took it snow wheeling. So we compared the TRX uh, to the Raptor 37, and we wanted to see if you know the Raptor uh, has met the bar that the TRX set last year. Uh, and, and there are a couple observations that everybody, including the videographers, had that I thought I'd like to share with you. First of all, I asked the guys what interior they liked better, the TRXs or the Raptors. Mm-hmm. What do you think they said? Hmm. I would say they lean towards the Raptor. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, they did? everybody liked the interior of, of the Raptor better. Uh, now, I was surprised, and Tommy said that the infotainment is the same that is in your truck, which is the F-150 hybrid, uh, and not the one that's in the Mach-E, right, which I like it, a lot. Exactly. But apparently the Lightning is getting the Mach-E infotainment, whereas the Raptor, current Raptor, keeps the um, current generation of Ford Sync. Yeah, it's the Sync 4, uh, basically. Uh, so I have uh, my personal truck is an F-150 hybrid XL. Um, of course, I have smaller screens. Yep. <laughs> I have kind of standard gauges in my basic truck. Uh, the Raptor it takes that a little bit higher, but it still has that 12-inch screen that you can get in other F-150s. Um, the system, the Sync 4A, the Mach-E, the Mustang Mach-E system, and then the Lightning system uh, also uses a big, huge screen, right? Yep. It's the 15-and-a-half-inch uh, vertical screen. But I, I don't know if this truck needs it. I mean, I think 
If I if I was to guess, uh, I think the uh, some of the guys like the interior because the Recaro seats look kind of sporty. You know, and that's right? another thing we noticed. The last generation with the Recaros, they were way too sporty, right? They were you know, almost like, you know, Honda Civic Type R where they hold you in place <laughs> and you just feel like you're, you're about to go, you know, racing across the Baja, which is great if you're racing across <laughs> the Baja, but not so great if you're going to McDonald's, yeah. right, to the drive-thru. Uh, and that's what I do more than race across the Baja, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> Number nine, by the way. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so I like the new ones. I think I think they made them more uh, Roman fat but friendly. Well, it's uh, but but it's still nice. I mean, no, it still great. has they're bolsters. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I would have I would have with the old generation of Caros, I would have not taken. I would have said just get the standard seats. These I actually like much better. So that was one observation. First, yeah. people like the interior. Then the next observation, which is kind of interesting, is it also has a power supply like yours in the back. Yeah, it has a 2 kilowatt. Yeah, two, yours is 7.2, right? Right. I think this is 2 kilowatts, which is still pretty respectable. I mean, like, look, you're not going to charge an electric car like we did with the Spark right? right while you're driving it. Uh, but 2 kilowatts is plenty enough to, you know, power a refrigerator, you know, to go tailgating if you're going to want to blend something. Uh, you could probably, you know, even Plug use a chainsaw. Plug in a stereo system yeah. or something, yeah. Charge, you know, charge uh, a, a removable battery and, let's say, a drill or, you know, any kind of removable battery that you would use in a power tool. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty decent. And the other surprising thing, Andre, is yeah. are the tires. Well, uh, how, how so? Well, so, you know, the reason it's a Raptor 37 yeah. is because it's the first time you can get 37s from the factory, right? And, by the way, we, we did this on the live video. I'm not sure you can go to 39s. I think you'll start to rub. I'm well, sure people are thinking about that, but I'm not sure you could do it. I Well, I don't think anybody's tried it on a stock uh, new Raptor suspension. I mean, somebody will try it. Yeah. Um, but 37s, I mean, I think they're plenty big. So so compared to uh, the TRX, which has Goodyear terrains, I believe they're uh, called? Territories. Territories, yeah, yeah territories. Uh, first of all, they're more like pizza cutters, so they're narrower. Mm -hmm. uh, they're also snowflake rated. They're KO2s with the snowflake rating. Mm -hmm. um, but, Andre, ironically... I found that the TRX had better traction in the snow, uh, maybe really? because in the tires your, were wider. In, in your comparison? Yeah, because maybe because the tires were wider than the Fords. But the Fords seemed to struggle a little bit more on those KO2s that the TRX did, which is interesting because the TRX has 11,000 miles on it. So those are not, you know, not sharp, tires. knobby tires. Right. They're, they're not worn, but nevertheless, you know, they're 11,000 miles. So um, that was interesting. Uh, and the other question that, that the guys had, and I think these guys would appreciate an answer to, is, What's the difference between a Raptor 37 and just a regular old third-gen Raptor? Uh, well, it's the shocks themselves okay. and um, a little bit of a frame. Like I said, they, they kind of changed uh, the rear of the frame on the 37 truck just to accommodate this uh, larger suspension. But all third-gen Raptors have the coil springs in the back. Um, so they're basically going to this five-link system. It's uh, still a solid axle, but instead of leaves, uh, they're doing coils. And really, Ford says, and also other manufacturers who are using similar suspensions say, it's a little bit better. It's a little bit more planted, right? You can kind of get more power to the ground when you really need it um, in off-road situations. But you know, this 37, you're, you, were, you were saying it's a little bit more narrower, right? Yeah. And was a little bit more of a pizza cutter. Yeah. I think it's actually better if you air down. We did. Right, because we, we, we did. You, you did? Yeah, how, we did. How low did you go? We didn't go that low, but we did air down. Okay. So, so, so I think that's why you get the bigger tires, so you have the freedom to do it. Yeah, good point. Uh, the other question that, that, I, that I had for you is, uh, it sounds a lot better, Andre. I mm. mean, it just, uh, you know, there's still a little bit of hint. And it's, of course, look, I, I got to be completely transparent here. It, it sounds better, but when you're comparing it to a Hellcat Hemi V8 that's supercharged, <laughs> 
you know, as 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 a V8 guy, I, I you know, there, there's that lumpy V8 sound that just sounds fabulous. So when and the supercharger on top of it, and right? A, and the supercharger wine on top yeah. of it, and we were in deep snow, so we we took it out of snow mode. We put it in, uh, well. Deep sand and mud for the uh, TRX, and in Baja mode, we wanted to get wheel spin right. Uh, and w- I was filming Tommy, or I was actually slow filming Tommy, doing mm-hmm. doing some slow motion shots. Uh, and w- uh, when the Raptor came by, I was like, "This sounds really good. Uh, not as good as the TRX. There's still a hint of flatulence about it. There's, you know, V6s." are hard to, to, to sound good. There's very few that actually sound good. But what do they do to improve the sound? Yeah, so they went, obviously, they knew that was kind of a complaint from before. Um, so they went to equal length uh, because it's a dual exhaust system all the way from the engine. And they did the loop-de-loop. So in order, <laughs> in order to make them equal length, uh, they had to take, um, what is it, the, the driver's side pipe and kind of, uh, because it has a longer distance and the passenger side, which is shorter, they had to make a loop-de-loop in the, in the, in the passenger pipe basically to make them equal length. Um, and, they sa- and they also added valves, right? So you can change the, the way it sounds. I mean, you can make it quieter. You can make it louder. We went and, loud. We went um, loud. And I noticed, I, I reviewed a little bit of footage of you guys off-roading yeah. um, in the snow. And from the front, the Raptor, you know, when it was approaching me uh, on camera, um, it just sounds... <laughs> Sounds like air rushing through it, right? right? It's, it's just sucking yeah, the turbos. No, there's no supercharger there's not. There's no whine. There's not, like, macho sound. And then you see it pass you, and it accelerates away from you, and then you get the full effect of it, uh, of the um, exhaust system. So they did improve it, I would agree. I, I, it's still not a... Um, it's not a, it's still not a V8. You know, it's funny. I've been listening to this podcast, uh, Seen Through Glass. It's a British dude, uh, uh, and he does mainly supercars, Ferraris, and such. And he described uh, a V8 sound as being girthy. Hmm. I never thought about that, but it, it is girthy. You know, it's just it just sounds wide. <laughs> well, and it's also <laughs> it's a good deep, way to describe it. It's, it's deeper. I mean, it's, it's just there's something about it. Uh, you know, some hypercars and supercars. Like the Ford GT, for example. Ford GT also has a V6, which is a twin turbocharged V6, which is a mid-engine, you know, hypercar. And some other vehicles like V8 turbocharged Mercedes, right? They they sound, you know, I don't know if they can make this Raptor sound similar to that. But but anyway. We, uh, I want to give our viewers fair warning before we go into a Patreon. Yes. We are trying something different for this podcast. So we want to get a wide shot of us. Usually we use two cameras. Girthy shot, you mean? A, a, a three, a, a, okay. A, a, a girthy shot. Yes, <laughs> we want to do a girthy shot, uh, and uh, we're using a third camera. But the only one that we had at our disposal was a GoPro, uh, and we don't think it's going to make it the full hour of this podcast. So if you hear three beeps, just fair <laughs> warning: it's the GoPro dying. <laughs> dying. <laughs> so don't be scared <laughs> because we're in here by ourselves, yeah. uh, and I don't want to get up and turn it off. Uh, so Andre, and I hope you like the, th- the, the the wide shot. So yeah. it's not just the two of us a split screen, but you can see both of us and see what the studio looks like. Uh, we figure. We're trying to bring up our production value. So who are our Patreons before we get into more Raptor talk? Yeah, dude, we've, we've been doing really well. And thanks to you. Uh, usually on the podcast, we don't have a corporate sponsor or anything like that. Um, you're supporting us directly using patreon.com slash TFLcar. It's our only page. Recently, a day ago, Nathan Moore donated to us. Lars Eric Neswig donated to us. 
Apurva Gokal donated as well, and Trevor Ruffner. So, guys, uh, thank you very much. Uh, it it may, means a lot. Uh, you may think two to five to ten dollars a month is not much, but when you put it together, um, it's huge and it helps us, you know, create this podcast. And I gotta say, I have to thank. Uh, if you're watching this, thank you, Chris Wilson. Uh, he just donated. Um, Four hundred dollars to us, Andre. Whoa! Not on PayPal, just uh, not on uh, Patreon, but on PayPal. Okay. Uh, and you know that, that that TFL truck hat, the last one that we had that, that Jeff usually wears yes. in the office. Jeff is our stuffed bear. <laughs> uh, well, that one is going to Chris. So thank you, Chris. That's a very generous uh, donation, uh, and we are all out of TFL truck hats, I believe now. Yeah, we need to get some more. So Jeff needs <laughs> Jeff needs another hat. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, let's keep let's keep talking about the the Raptor. Uh, what is a tow, Andre? So they upped it, right? Because the TRX is here. The TRX uh, has a rating of 8,100 pounds. So when the third generation uh, Raptor came out, the F-150, they said 8,200 pounds. So 100 pounds more than the TRX. Their payloads are about the same when you compare the TRX to the Raptor, about 1,400 pounds a piece. And actually our trucks, the way they're configured, uh, the TRX we have and the Raptor F-150, they have about 1,350 pounds, which is actually reasonable. It is. Right? Yeah, it's for, not bad for, for a big for truck. A, for a big Baja running truck. Yeah. All right. What does this number mean? 252. 252. Who can figure it out there? Yeah, who knows? Is it, is it the cubic inches of the coolant nope. system? No, it's not. Come on. You can do it. You can think, yeah, it's it's the biggest difference between... I'll give you an... It's the biggest difference between the Raptor and the TRX. I got it. What? It's the horsepower. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, the TRX has 702 horsepower, yeah. uh, while the Raptor has 450. So basically, uh, let's call it, uh, I don't know, uh, what has 250 horsepower? I don't a, know, a new GTI uh, Golf? Kona, Kona, I think, Kona t- type, Kona N. I think that's 252 in that neighborhood. Yeah, GTI maybe, yeah. So so if you add another turbocharged engine to the, a separate engine, engine to, the, to, to the, the Raptor, yeah. It'll have equivalent horsepower. Yeah, it's a big difference, dude. It is. It is. So, in, in zero sixty times, we've done what four point four here uh, in the uh, TRX and at sea level. You probably take that down to four ish or maybe even less. Uh, and then, of course, the Raptor is like two seconds slower. So it does. It does about make six ish. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, so there's a lot of rumors about the Raptor R. Yeah. And uh, recently, uh, Ford revealed and debuted the Bronco Raptor. Right. So now the Raptor is becoming its own brand, mm. right, with, within the Ford. And when they were... Dare ra- I say a Ranger Raptor? Well, that's another rumor. Really? Uh, that's another rumor, but it's on... It's really... There's no hints from Ford about it for United States. A Transit Raptor? <laughs> th- th- that's something else. Uh, uh, <laughs> but the Raptor brand, I, I think it's a it's smart move for Ford because... A Navigator this, Raptor? No, no, no. <laughs> what else can you raptorize? Can An you, escape? A, a fusion? <laughs> a fusion raptor? That's dead, Andre. Oh, the fusion is yeah, dead. Fusion is dead. Um, Maverick? Yeah, hell yeah. I would, love, I would <laughs> love a Maverick Raptor. Ford, if you're listening, uh, by the way, good job on the exhaust. Really love it. Yeah. Uh, now get to work on the Maverick Raptor because I'll be the first in line to buy one of those. So hey, Actually, they've got the power plant when you think about it. Right, they're putting those little tiny turbos. Why not put like the two, the two seven, two, two, or two point three, even or even the two point three, yeah. yeah, exactly, and, and, and super up a little bit. Yeah. I, I think that's possible and doable. But um, so they teased Ford actually teased officially uh, the Raptor R name when they were unveiling the Bronco Raptor, and this and they they actually showed 
uh, on social media, like like a super fast jet flying and that's that Raptor R. So, so they're still teasing it. It's coming. We don't know exactly if it's going to have, you know, which supercharged engine will it have? Will it have a V8 from a GT500? Will it have something else? Uh, but But that is still coming and they're saying it's coming this year. But the Ranger Raptor, uh, that's still a rumor out there. There was a recent story that came out that it's coming for U.S., not just the rest of the world, and it's going to cost, actually, price leaked. And this is according to ForThe30.com. And they said it's going to start at $52,500 for a Ranger Raptor next generation truck that's coming maybe within a year. I don't know. It's it sounds too soon to be actually talking about Ranger Raptors because the next generation Ranger is not even here yet. All right, so uh, when I do uh, you know the car podcast, I like to do a Roman's rant. Okay, could I do a Roman's rant, Andre? Yeah, on which subject? Well, I got this email, and this this is a truck email, so I want I want to read you this email, and then I'm going to go a little ranty if that's okay, guys. Okay, okay? sure. So we got this email from An. Okay. So first of all, that that is already the start of a rant. If you're uh, going to send us an email, you know, at least be kind enough and brave enough to like use your real name, not AN. But this came from AN, uh, and um, in the, if you remember, Andre, uh, I said that Ford is playing uh, real football as opposed to touch football. What I meant was like, you know, they're playing tackle football. They're serious about it um, when it comes to like, you know, building trucks. So the the, the statement was. Uh, that, uh, you know, Rivian has got a lot of hard work to do now because we were talking about the Rivian at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually have gone and done the IPO. Uh, they've gotten the money, and now it's time for them to get to work because six months from now, or now it's probably five months from now, Ford is going to start cranking out uh, Lightnings uh, in such a fashion that Rivian's going to have serious competition. Mm-hmm. Right? Sure, yeah. And I said, you know, Ford plays, they don't play touch, they and, play tackle. And Ford has huge volume, potentially. Yeah. So here's, 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 here's a comment, I'm going to read it to you, okay? Uh, there's a video on YouTube with Tommy and Roman. Roman is stating Ford is serious and is playing real football with these EV truck production, uh, with these <laughs> real EV trucks. Uh-huh. Uh, um, uh, a production now that it relates to Rivian. Now, I have two Fords currently and have had many, many other cars throughout my life. So this guy has had a lot of cars. I, along with thousands of Maki or, or, <laughs> Maki order holders, okay. have been told now that we are ordered – this is a really poorly written or I can't read – have been told now that cars we ordered a year ago might – Make delivery in May of 2021. I think you should have an EV channel. We do. Or a podcast. We do. Uh, and how Ford is uh, not completing them in any sort of timely manner before saying that they're playing real football um, and are a real manufacturer. Uh, trickles of vehicle is not production. Uh, so the Maki is behind. The Maverick is behind. Uh, their lots are basically empty. Please do not tell us how they are playing real football. I tried to leave this one on the video, but of course I couldn't. I don't know why I couldn't, but uh, that's something else. Uh, so he's basically saying that, you know, Ford has a lot of work to do to, of course, build uh, capacity in Mach-E numbers and Maverick numbers. So let's talk about that. And Bronco numbers. And Bronco. Uh, let's talk about that. Yeah. I'll do my. I'll do my rant. Okay. Now Rivian, you know, who by the way, uh, is massively impressive that they were able to come out with such an incredibly uh, sorted and uh, I would say sophisticated and well screwed together pickup truck on their first try. But as far as I know, currently they've built a thousand. 
ish. That was as a couple of weeks ago. That's yeah. what they announced. Yeah, right? and in their in their I think in their last uh, investor call, they were hoping to ramp up to I think they said two hundred and fifty units a week. I think two hundred. Right, right. Two hundred a week. Okay. Right. Uh, now this gentleman or gal is complaining about the fact that Ford has not completed their Mach-E order yet. I believe last year Ford sold. You know the numbers on the Machis. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's rattling in the back of my head. I believe it's about twenty-seven thousand they sold. Right. So of Machis. Of Machis. So twenty-seven thousand Machis built and sold, as compared in to, the country. In the country, as compared to less than a thousand. That's playing football, Andre. You know that that's playing football, and I don't know. We don't know. Do we know the production numbers on the Maverick yet? Uh, not completely. Well, so they're selling about four thousand a month ish. Yeah. Yep. So of course it hasn't been a full year, so we, we don't we don't know exactly what's going to happen. But if they maintain that, they could be forty thousand a year, forty five thousand, fifty thousand a year. So sure. so you know, there's obviously a lot of, and this is my rant. There's obviously a lot of uh, excitement uh, and uh, buzz. Uh, around the new electric truck manufacturers, right? Uh, and I hate to use this word, but a lot of people are looking at the older companies like GM, Ford, you know, name the older ones you want, as legacy manufacturers, right? But th- the fact remains that legacy manufacturers, except for Tesla, I didn't, I didn't go with Tesla because Tesla is actually, I think they sold over a million units last year, right? So they are knocking and rocking and rolling out vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. But except for Tesla, you know, the one thing that Ford and GM know how to do is build cars. And I know you, I feel bad for you. I know you've ordered your vehicle, but dude, uh, people ordered their Rivians or Dudette uh, three years ago. And, and they're, most of them are still waiting. Most of them are still waiting. Yeah. I think there's 70,000 on that, on that list. This is f- three years ago, and they won't get them if they're lucky, if they're lucky until the end of this year or the beginning of next year. So you've got maybe a year wait on your Maki, and actually, I don't think you even have to wait for a Maki. I think if you go, if you if, if you, you order, do a wide search, if you do a wide search, and you're willing to travel, which is not bad, which we've done by the way, it's great. Do an EV road trip, and you learn about EVs very quickly. You could probably get one tomorrow. So you, I'm sure you could find a dealership, and probably not even pay over sticker. So Makis are out there. You don't have to be locked in to the one that you've ordered, unless you're really, you know, set on the one that you ordered. But you can have one tomorrow. You cannot have a Rivian tomorrow. And like I said, those people ordered their vehicles three years ago, and it's probably going to be another year before they start getting them. Um, And so I would consider that playing tackle football. That's the big leagues, right? When you can start cranking out not hundreds, not thousands, but hundreds hundreds of thousands of of vehicles a year, then you're playing in the big leagues. And I think um, so. Ford has had some issues with you know shortages, and uh, but every has. Man, every yeah. manufacturer has. So, and I know I know I know some people who ordered their Broncos and are waiting for a Bronco, and there are people who want the Bronco Raptor and they feel like it's untouchable, right? So all of those things, of course, are there. But I think uh, in their pipeline, I think Ford is doing a lot of good product, right? Right. So they're, they're actually uh, engineering good vehicles. I mean, the Bronco by itself is a great vehicle. The, you know, the new you know, F-150, Andre, a manufacturer is lucky to have one like mega hit every decade, right? Yeah. One car or truck that is like, holy cow, people are fighting for it. And yet Ford in the last two years has had three of them, three mega hits, right? These are like once in a decade cars, like the Mustang. These are, these are Mustang, Camaro, 
Corvette type of nameplates that will continue. Uh, they've redone the Bronco, which is probably last year's most buzzworthy, most sought after, most searched vehicle. And it's continuing, yeah. Yep. Uh, they've done the Maverick, right. which I think even surprised them. And it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. Yeah. Just all of a sudden, everybody's like, holy crud, I need a compact and, truck. And they're actually stopping taking orders. <laughs> yes, they stopped until taking, summer. Yeah, until the summer, yeah. Yes. Uh, and congratulations, Tim. I, I was listening to Tim's podcast, uh, Tim from uh, uh, Pickup Truck SUV Talk. Yeah. He, he got his order in on the last day. <laughs> on the Maverick? Yeah, he's got buying it, one yeah. for his wife, apparently. So congratulations. I'm glad you got it in. Good car. Uh, I was just talking to my wife's grandpa in yeah. Arizona. He wants a Maverick. Yeah. Everybody, everybody from... You know, the this you know, really, really old to to very, very young, everybody wants it. And then I don't think the Maki is a mega hit, but I think it's a hit. I think people, you know, are buying them, people want them. Uh, and so, you know, Ford has got three hot vehicles on their hand, and for the most part, you know, they're uh, managing to barely build them. But let's be real, they're building them. Uh, there's a lot of cars. I don't, I'm not going to. I don't want to bash Rivian because you know I, I I assume they've got the money. As soon as they figure out the chip shortage and the supply issues, they'll crank out Rivians. But there are other truck manufacturers like Bollinger who basically just threw up their arms and said, you know what, we can't build this. We're going to go and build uh, commercial vehicles. Exactly, and and also yeah, and like GM has been hit by uh, shortages, right? There we saw fields of Silverados waiting for parts. We saw fields of Ford F-150s waiting for parts. And, you know, Ram kind of survived seemingly. Uh, they did really well selling trucks last year, actually. They were knocking on Chevy's door. I think they um, surpassed Chevy, right? Yeah. Uh, but it, not, it, not GM. You not not Chevy GM combined, but yeah. Chevrolet by itself. Yeah. Um, so Ram's been doing really, really well. And, you know, Ram, we have a backcountry in our long-term fleet yeah. as well, Ram 1500. Um, and they're using, you know, older engines or older powertrains and just kind of building, you know, the cust- uh, the trucks I think that their customers still like. Uh, and everybody else is trying to push, you know, hybrids and and electrification, and, and Ram is taking their time. All right, well, let's keep going. Let's, we promised to talk about not just that. What, what was the truck you, you drove? You almost, well, you didn't drive it. You slid it down Sniper Hill, which must have been terrifying. <laughs> I'm just teasing what we're going to be talking about. Uh, what was it, an LM? It's an LMTV, so it's basically LMTV. a four-wheel drive Stuart, uh, Stuart and Stevenson uh, military truck. How much does it weigh? Um, well, it weighs by itself about almost 18,000 pounds. Wow, sliding that down Sniper Hill. Must so have Sniper Hill is actually more steep than you. It, it shows it, on video. It, it, it well, shows. Well, save it to the end. Save it to the end. Yeah. Let's go there. So the next truck I want to talk about, because we do have some news on it, is a TRX. Now, we've put over 11,000 miles, almost 12,000 miles. We, were, I believe, and I'm proud of this, Andre, the first customer delivery in America to actually pick up the TRX. We picked it up in 20... 20, 2020. December 31st. First, the last yeah. day of the year. Yeah, thank you, uh, uh, Ram, for making that possible. Uh, and uh, it has been um, uh, completely trouble-free. I don't think we've had, outside of just, I, I, you know, it's not, I know it's not interesting and exciting to talk about, but we have had no issues with it. Yeah, I, I think once in a drag, and we drag raced a lot. Well, once in a drag race, Remember happened, it went yeah. to, limp to like mode. a limp mode. Yeah, but then, then, was, we, then we rebooted it, it was fine. We just restarted it. We yeah. didn't even touch the battery, nothing. Um, and it just came back to life, and there was like one hiccup in 12,000 miles. And it's been, you said tires are good. Yeah. You know, we drag raced the, the bejeebies out of it. And the tires are still good. They still have a lot of traction. These, um, and it's a heavy beast. It's like 6,400 pounds. 
It's been mighty impressive. So um, the, the bit of news that we haven't done yet, and we'll do it here on the podcast. First time we're uh, actually breaking news on the podcast. Well, it's TFL news. Okay. We just changed the oil on it, right? We did the uh, whatever it was, 10,000, 11,000-mile oil change. Uh-huh. And, and you actually sent that oil in and had it uh, uh, tested, right? Exactly. And what, what were the results of that? So uh, let's let me let me give me a second yeah, to okay, pull I'll it up. Yeah, okay. I'll keep talking. So, so it, let's. Yeah. yeah. One of the things we do uh, on our long-term vehicles is we actually break down the oil, not the new oil, right? The one that's been in the engine, because that tells you how the engine is wearing. You can see what kind of particulates are in the oil if the oil is. Not just uh, you know lubricating the vehicle, but also how the vehicle is uh, responding to you know the way that you're driving it. All that evidence, call it forensic evidence, Andre, mm-hmm. is actually inside the oil. So we're going to do a, be doing a video on this. So I kind of caught Andre unaware here, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll give you uh, the report. Uh, and while I keeps looking at that, let me kind of talk to you a little bit more about the TRX. I haven't driven it for a while, Andre, but I got to tell you, uh, I, I drove it today, and once again, I fell in love with that truck. You know that's. Uh, it's funny, we don't, we're not in the business of keeping trucks. You know, we keep them for a year, and we have yet to move that one on, and it's going to be a tough day uh, when it's time to sell that truck. Now, um, the one thing about the Raptor and the uh, TRX is the TRX cost $77,000. Uh, the Raptor, as configured that we have here, was $82,000. Right. Uh, it didn't have the sunroof. I think you can get up to, like, almost eighty-five, right, if you get... Tick all of them. But let's face it, in the real world, these things are selling $25,000, dollars over sticker. Uh, and that just breaks my heart because they're such good trucks uh, and they're so much fun. And they're just, they're, both those manufacturers are at the top of their game when it comes to performance trucks. Uh, and when you're looking at a truck that now costs $100,000 plus, $1,000 realistically, mm-hmm. if you can find one, uh, I just wish you know, more people had a chance to actually get behind the wheel of one. Yeah, totally. Whoa, uh, I really blew it up. Okay. So uh, I found the report. Uh, thank you. Um, so we did it in early January 2022, and this was 11,000 miles, a little bit more than that. And so what's nice, it, when you do multiple oil changes with an analysis, you can see the trend, okay. right? Because if you do one, you, you really don't know anything. Uh, but then when you see the trend and how it's responding, and here was the message from the lab. Um, this is according to Blackstone uh, Blackstone Labs. Andre, thanks for the notes. We included the data from the first report for comparison, and we will continue to slide the data back one column every time you change your oil on your 2021 RAM. Hey, this is a great message. Uh, we are looking for aluminum, iron, copper, and silicon to continue falling at each oil change as more and more miles are put on the truck. Uh, this report already shows a good amount of improvement. Your 6.2 liter supercharged Hemi is on the right track. Fuel dilution is okay. So they check everything. They have base numbers. Um, and, and so it got a clean be- uh, bill of health. Wow. So, so there wasn't a lot of fuel dilution. That means, you know, it's running very tight. The engine is not, uh, you know, the pistons themselves are sealing properly. And so, yeah, I mean, that was... That was pretty nice. Nice report to read. All right, so clean bill of health, Andre. That's good news. Yeah, totally. All right, uh, let's keep talking about the uh, TRX. Uh, the interior is wearing really well. You know, uh, the, the, the steering wheel is getting a little shiny. You know how that happens after you use it for a while. It gets kind of, you know, a lot of hands. Yeah. Uh, but the seats look brand new. Uh, the uh, uh, controls aren't, there's no parts that are like peeling. Maybe it doesn't happen after 11,000 miles in one year, but there's nothing really that, 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 that is 
showing wear and tear on the thing. Uh, we actually have been uh, very lucky in that we haven't had to replace a windscreen, which happens a lot here in Colorado. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure I'm going to break it tomorrow. Because <laughs> I should have, I just jinxed myself. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Uh, and the tires are doing well, uh, and it sounds fabulous. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah and the shocks are doing well. Uh, there were some complaints early on with some TRX um, owners that they said, you know, the suspension was coming loose or something was happening uh, with the suspension. Uh, no, we, we never saw anything come loose. Uh, it's still as, as taut as it was when it was all new, brand new. And we, ours is a little bit more simple, right? We don't have like a sunroof, for example. We don't have a panoramic roof. We don't have a lot of, cro uh, you know, uh, uh, carbon fiber or other inserts on the interior. But I, th I like that. Yeah, we you don't know, it's have more like a, a lot of the safety tech either. The, the backup. We don't, we, we don't have keyless entry. <laughs> we don't have keyless entry. We don't have blindside monitoring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all right. Lot. It's a truck. Yeah, it's fine. It's, it's a truck. It's all good. All right. So let's move on to probably the next one people are really interested in. Uh, and that is the Tundra. Where is the Tundra today, Andre? It's uh, actually moving across country. Yeah, we've got something really exciting happening. We partnered with uh, a company that builds off-road campers. Uh, Black Series. Black Series. Have yeah. you seen those things? Yeah. They yeah, look yeah. cool. They look badass. They're these big, boxy, pretty heavy, what, almost 7,000 pounds? Yeah, and also tandem axles, uh, dual axles, right, and big off-roady tires and huge suspensions. So tomorrow you are flying to L.A. Uh, Grant, uh, one of our kind of behind-the-scenes team, uh, members uh, drove it or is driving it today to California and you guys are going to hook that bad boy up and then you're, of course you're going to put a Navi on it too, a little tiny motorcycle mm -hmm. uh, that Hans is selling so uh, you're going to drive it back and uh, kind of camp in Moab. I'm jealous dude. Totally. So that's going to be our first, uh, well, not the first uh, just trip because I picked up our Tundra in Houston and yeah. drove it here. That was already 1,100 miles or approximately 1,000 miles. Uh, this is going to be another 1,100 plus, but towing. So this is our cross-country towing trip with a big, big heavy trailer. So uh, we, we're going to do several videos. We're going to show you the trailer, uh, the, the camper we're in. We're going to tell you exactly how it tows. Yeah, and it's, what, 7,000 dry. Yeah, so and it could water, be loaded heavier. Yeah, when yeah. you put water, it's going to be like, what, close to 10K. Um, yeah, so Blex, it's a, it's an HQ-19, okay. basically. That's their name. And it's a basically 19-foot length on the uh, on the floor of the camper um, and it's a little bit longer because of the tr uh, trailer tongue uh, but um, they s they recommend a heavy-duty truck to pull it yeah I saw that on their website yeah <laughs> now how much does the Tundra tow uh, the Tundra is rated to tow about 11,000 so towing about what 7,000 pound dry trailer should be well within its capability you, you, you gotta fill it up dude what, with, with, with water, water and yeah, stuff? Yeah, you have to go. I think what you need to do, and I'm, I know I'm giving you more work, so I apologize beforehand, <laughs> but I think you got to fill it up and you got to weigh it. Yeah, uh, definitely, yeah. before we get going. And then, of course, MPG loop. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be a road trip MPG. The Tundra has about a 32-gallon tank. Uh, so I'm hoping it, we can push it deep into that fuel because we're going to be crossing, of course, Plus California and Nevada. If you're going to be camping in it, you want you want to fill it up, right? You want to have like water when you're camping. <laughs> yeah, but not if it freezes. <laughs> well, isn't there a heater in the thing? Well, yeah, but 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 not when you're driving in it. I mean, so yeah, we'll, we'll get some water in it so we can actually camp. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I don't want to cross Vail Pass, you know, at negative four degrees uh, with water in a in a in a Why trailer. Not? People do it. People, well, they, I'm, sure they, pe I'm sure people. Why not? People winterize their campers in the winter and but they stop they, using but, them. But they don't. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I, I'm not I, okay. I, I got to be honest here. I, I'm not. I'm new to this world, so I may be talking out of my hat. 
or you know what. Uh, but there's got to be people who are like, you know, snowbirds who are traveling, let's say, from Montana down to Arizona and crossing the cold Colorado Rockies who don't winterize it when they're towing it. There's got to be a way for that water not to freeze when you're, when you're, you know, when you're living in the thing and it gets cold when you're, and you're towing it. That you can't just like have the only answer be either winterize it or don't use it. Well, so I think you could buy a trailer technically that's kind of four season. Okay. So right. So generally, motorhomes and RVs, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, there's a three season machine, right? right? So which means. It's great unless you really want to do, you know, overnight camping, for example, in freezing temperatures. Or there are four seasons because the, the water tanks basically are inside yeah. the camper or the motorhome or so the RV. So how many seasons is this? Uh, I don't know. And I guess I'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. All, so, all I'm saying is, dude, this is an off-road, hardcore. Off the grid. Off the grid yeah. camper or trailer? Camper. Tra- uh, camping trailer. Camping trailer, right? Uh, and so I assume people are, you know, towing with it or towing it and living in it with water in it. And there's got to be a way to keep that water from freezing. Obviously, if the water freezes, it would create a whole bunch of issues. Well, so I think mostly if you're living with it, let's say, f- for example, we will be uh, camping in it right. overnight before we get home. Yeah. Um, you, you're running the heater inside, right? Right. But what so, if so technically, but if you're hauling it across country and the heater is not on, I mean, there's a danger of that water freezing. So, so I'll I'll have to figure that out. Okay, so we're all newbies to this. We're gonna we're gonna be figuring it out with you guys. But the exciting part is we're bringing it here to Colorado, and hopefully we're gonna be uh, uh, having it for a few months to test uh, in the winter. <laughs> so we are gonna be using it in the winter. Yeah, so, totally. So 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 ask them that because I'm sure they've had they've had to figure that out. Well, you know, they're engineered in Australia, right? And and they're built in Los Angeles, so. Is there, is there are there freezing nights in Australia? Uh, yeah, guess, there's places you can go skiing in Australia. I, I guess you could. Yeah, yeah. You if could. you go far enough, yeah, there are places. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mostly it's obviously warm, a desert, right? But there are places where you can go skiing. I, I think the Blue Mountains outside of Sydney get pretty, uh, pretty cold. I think if you go farther south, I think especially like Tasmania, it gets cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. We, we're going to do a tour at the factory. Yeah. So where they're built and actually put together, because uh, that's near Los Angeles. So, uh, so stay tuned for that. Um, and then our Tundra has what twenty five hundred miles now. Yeah. Well, now it will have a lot more. Yeah, it'll have a lot um, more when we get back. Yeah. So about almost three thousand miles. I, I did break it, Andre. You know that. <laughs> I broke you, it on, on our last <laughs> off road review. Yes. I got I got a. Uh, I was backing it up, and I got a root cut underneath it, and it pulled the little uh, plastic uh, kind of trim piece off, and it cracked the little silver trim piece. It kind of pissed me off because I'm like, it probably shouldn't crack trim well, pieces. Well, so it's kind of a valid complaint, I would say. I think so, yeah. Be- I mean, Because you would expect a truck to be really tough, you know, and have big steel bumpers. So, so it's got bumpers, and on top of the bumpers are these, like, two plastic silver caps, and then in the middle is, like, a trim piece that, that goes underneath uh, the license plate, but above the hitch, mm-hmm. uh, and that that the root caught that when I was backing up, and then pulled forward. It pulled that out, and then because they're screwed into those two plastic silver pieces, it broke one of those silver cap. Uh, it didn't break the, the actual cap. It broke where it's attached to the mm-hmm. cap. Uh, and so we were able to actually get that centerpiece that goes under the plate. It's like a long, thin piece of plastic. But the, those two caps, apparently, according to Zach, are ungettable right now. Backordered. Backordered. Yeah. Um, so uh, I was kind of bummed that I did it, and then I was kind of pissed that, that I can't, couldn't fix it. Uh, I, but I understand it. It's COVID. You know, maybe I'm giving the thing too much of a break. But, you know, 
everything is hard to get nowadays. Well, so, you know, I guess that kind of relates to uh, playing real football or, you know, flag football or touch football. And I think, uh, so, a point for Toyota, they um, launched the truck in the middle of the pandemic, basically, right? Because it went on sale uh, technically in December. Uh, we picked it up. We were one of the first to pick it up um, in the country. And, you know, people are calling, you know, talking about delays, etc. They said it was going to be delivered in December, and they did it. And now I actually see them around town. I don't know if you've noticed. I've but, seen a black one. Uh, but, yeah, there are several Tundras running around, actually. So but I heard they closed the factory for a week because of COVID. Is that true? I heard the I rumor heard, about yeah, that. I think they're also having uh, COVID issues. So it's, it's so it's COVID people getting sick and also component issues, right? Yeah, yeah, supply chain issues, yeah. So so it's a lot of issues, but I, I see a lot of them on the road. Actually, I, I think I've seen like three different ones, um, not just ours. So they're out there. So we'll do uh, not only a camping video, uh, like I said, we're going to really load it. We're going to really max out the payload because there'll be three of you in there right there. We're getting that. If you haven't been to our bike channel, TFL Bike, uh, check it out. Uh, uh, the, the guys uh, do a really good job. Case is running that channel now. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting a little Honda Navi. I think it's the cheapest Honda in America. Throw that in the bed. It's also really popular. It's also yeah. really popular. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe zip around in Moab in it as a little like you know like a little camping bike, uh, and then bring all that back. And then of course you'll do an MPG loop, right? Yeah, totally. Um, and kind of the towing trip. Uh, the thing about and I don't want to give everything away, but the uh, Black Series camper has a unique hitch. Um, it's it's a little bit meant for off roading, so it's articulating hitch, um, and uh, it's a hitch that I haven't used before. You know, there's the Lock and Roll is another brand. So there's several different brands of these hitches. So I'll, I'll let you guys know exactly how it, how it tows. Now, uh, speaking of towing, we've got one more Rivian video. Thank you once again. And I apologize. I know you had a conference call with the team from Rivian, and I wasn't able to do it. Uh, I got back from vacation, and I've just been doing videos nonstop, trying to take advantage of the snow. So I, I had to jump on a video. Uh, so I apologize. I couldn't be on that call, guys, if you're listening to this. Uh, but we did one more video, uh, and I think that's an interesting one. And the video we wanted to do was comparing the Rivian to uh, ICE. ICE is uh, internal combustion engine. Now, we have a new EV channel, TFL EV, but we're going to put this on the truck channel. And when you're listening to this, this weekend, it should be up on the truck channel. So the idea yeah. was, I think this is an important question, Andre, that we both decided we should try to figure out how far can you tow a trailer uh, with an electric truck when it's fully charged versus a ICE truck, internal combustion engine truck, when it's fully fueled up. Mm-hmm. Now, the way we wanted to do this video was to be able to get two identical trailers and just head on down the highway, and when the Rivian ran out of power, we'd stop and say, okay, we could tow this many miles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, unfortunately, we were unable, and of course, you know, keep going with the Tundra until yeah. it ran out of gas. Yeah. But we weren't able to get two identical trailers. So we had a workaround, and the workaround was we would tow the Rivian down the highway until it reached 50% and then come back to the, to the office. Uh, and that way, uh, we, we would know... Determine the distance. Determine yeah. the distance, yeah. right, because we'd be pretty much dead. And then what we would do is the same distance with the Tundra, bring it back, do our fuel test, right? We find out how much fuel it uses and then find out how much is left in the tank then multiply that by the MPG and get a distance. So we, 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 it's a little convoluted, but we're able to do that. I don't want to give away the answer, but <laughs> I'm sure it'll be no surprise to anyone that the Tundra went further. Or yeah, potentially it, can it, go further? It, 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 well, it's no surprise, but what we wanted to find out is real world. Yeah. Right. Everybody says in the comment section, oh, electric trucks don't go far with a trailer. Uh, 
technically, so the, the issue is actually the amount of energy um, that can be stored in a gallon of fuel versus in a battery, right? And batteries are still, you know, we're, they're still young technology, right? They're still up and coming. This is across the board, uh, lithium-ion batteries. Can, can uh, I correct you? I think electric vehicles were around before internal. But but the batteries, <laughs> yes, if you want to test a 1901 <laughs> electric car. <laughs> I, think, I think it was like like electric, steam, and then the combustion, then diesel, <laughs> and then, then gas and the diesel. Yes. <laughs> but I'm, I'm talking about the recent batteries, right? right. So lithium I mean, ions. Was, maybe steam was first. I think steam was yeah, first. Steam was first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> steam trains. Yeah. Um, no, but I'm talking about the battery capacities, right? As soon as we get other technologies, maybe like solid-state batteries, right, and in the future, uh, others, if they can um, get more just kilowatt-hour capacity, then electric vehicles will go way, way further. But now we wanted to figure out the difference. We got exactly, we nailed it. Uh, we we can show you that in that video on TFL Truck. And who, who lent us the camper? It was from Colorado Teardrops. Oh, yeah. So thank so, you very much. Yeah. Co- thank you guys at Colorado Teardrops. Actually, they're down the street from our offices. Even better. <laughs> they're very close. And you know, um, this is just a little plug for them because I'm, I'm kind of excited by this. Uh, they said in the middle of this year, 2022, about July, they have a new trailer coming out, which is for electric vehicles. Oh, cool. So their trailer... Is it powered? No, because there's regulations against your trailer providing propulsion. Um, so it's a kind of a big deal um, as far as regulations are concerned. But their camping trailer will have extra batteries in the floor. Oh, cool. So this the idea is, they call it the boulder, because the boulder... Colorado is where they're based. Uh, the Boulder trailer will be, you can tow it, for example, to your location. Let's say you're towing it to an electric truck. Uh, you plug in the trailer into the truck, so the truck is now feeding off the energy in the trailer, and then you can make it home. Cool. So that's the idea. So we'll have to test that when it comes out. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I thought somebody sent us an email saying that there is a powered uh, uh, golf uh, what's it called? No, Airstream. Go- not Gulfstream. Oh, Airstream that can power itself yeah. or something like yeah, that. I, I so I, I think those technologies exist. Yeah, Airstream, um, if you're listening, call me. Uh, yes. So Airstream, if you notice, a lot of our videos, yeah. including Tundra towing, yeah. prepared by Toyota, and including uh, Sequoia yeah. towing, uh, your trailers are everywhere. Ask ask a TFL truck. You'll get a hold of me or Andre that way. Ask at t- well, ask at tfltruck.com. Yep. Exactly. And um, so... So the technology exists. I think there's a European company that has an idea about a trailer actually providing propulsion. And this could be actually also recouping energy, right? Because so are you hinting that the, that the uh, Tundra went further than the Riviera? <laughs> yes. Okay. And then, but by how much? By how much? That's yeah. a question. The reason we did this uh, uh, Colorado Teardrop, right, campers, is because we did, obviously, an Ike. You did an Ike. By the way, great job, Andre. That was oh, a fascinating you. video uh, that you did with the uh, with the Rivian. Uh, but you were towing, let's face it, an F-100. On uh, a flatbed trailer. On a flatbed trailer. That, this is like a work truck thing, right, that most people aren't. So we figured we should get a trailer. Uh, we should a camper that, that most people will use with the Rivian. So we got this kind of, how much did it weigh? So it was about 2,000 pounds. Yeah, so this, very light. It's a small trailer, world. but yeah. it had large tires. So it, it was riding on 35s. And Rivian wants to be, you know, their image is, you know, adventure, right? Off-roading, uh, getting out there in the wilderness. So this trailer, I think, matches that uh, uh, kind of model and, and philosophy. So so it's usable. You, this trailer, you can put a... Te- um, 
a tent, a rooftop mounted tent. So you could sleep probably four people there. So I got to tell you, I, I am kind of torn on the tundra. So, you know, a lot of people are throwing a lot of hate at the tundra. Uh, I was listening once again to Tim's podcast, and at the end of the day, he, he, he said that uh, he thinks that the tundra, dare I say this word, is a FLOP. That's what he was hinting at. And mm. I'm sorry if I'm paraphrasing Tim, but I think that's where you're, we're going with it. Um, feel free to listen to that podcast. Uh, but I completely disagree. I actually think that the that, that, that Toyota built a really, really good truck. I, I really think it's one of those vehicles that over time, the longer you have it, the more it starts to grow on you. Tommy and I just did a podcast over at, you know, at the car site. Uh, if you want to listen to that, the 10 surprisingly great uh, cars that we've dri- recently driven. And I think the Tundra could be one of those surprisingly great Tundras. I'm really starting to like it, except there is one fly in the ointment, which is the stupid infotainment system that makes you log in. This is, this is not a good idea, Toyota, right? I do not want to log into my truck Every time. Every time I want to, you know, I, you know and, and, and when it logs me out, I do not want to drive it in guest mode, right? I, I understand that, you know, when you do that, it does some good things like sets to seat or the, the radio stations. But, like, for instance, I got logged out, uh, and then I had to be in guest mode, and then I was expecting all my radio and stations. You were listening presets, to my station. Yeah. And I was listening to yours because <laughs> you're the primary driver. This whole idea of a primary and a secondary and a third, you know, it it's just doesn't work. It's a bad idea. I, I don't care if Tesla has perfected it. I, I, another Roman ran, sorry. It's just, you've got this great truck. Just let me get in the thing and set my own controls and not have to log into. I don't want to log into my truck or car. I just want to use, and, and so I, I will agree with Tim in that regard. But as a truck, I think it's great. I love the interior. I love the way it tows. I love the way it drives. Uh, you know, off-roady. You just actually let's 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 stop ranting, Roman. You just okay. wrote, you just did the TRD Pro. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I had a chance to drive the TRD Pro hybrid and also the regular TRD off-road hybrid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I it's on TFL off-road channels. Um, you can see it right now. It's already published. And the whole big deal was uh, their hybrid powertrain, right? Uh, we got a little taste of it er- earlier last year, um, a few months back, but now it's we know all the information about it. Um, so the, the hybrid in the Tundra now costs um, about $3,400 over uh, their twin-turbo gas engine. So $3,400 is a step up into the hybrid. And that gives you, of course, more torque, more power, and better efficiency. But, I mean, there are a couple of um, hitches here, right? Because um, they're not offering the hybrid in the work truck. Oh. Um, so you, in the Tundra, you have to be in the Limited, which is their mid-grade or platinum or above, like the TRD Pro. So I thought it was an interesting kind of uh, strategy by them because Ford offers hybrids across the board, right? You can get a luxury hybrid. You can get a work truck hybrid. Um, and also... Um, the uh, the hybrid was not it didn't uh, match the efficiency of the Ford. You know, I, I was really hoping it would. It was just like I one I, mpg less. Was it twenty four mpg? So for twenty twenty two, the F one fifty hybrid went from twenty four to twenty three. Okay, they adjusted their rating for twenty twenty two, and the Tundra is at um, between twenty one and twenty two. Okay, so they're so. From that standpoint, I was really hoping for a slightly better efficiency, but we haven't tested it on an MPG loop. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll as soon as we can get it. When are they selling in March? Is that March, right? April, yeah. Is, so is the, when the hybrids are coming out. And tell me about the capstone. How much is it? 
Yeah, so the capstone starts at about 73,000, a little bit more than that. Wow. Um, so it's, this is an all-in truck. This is above the 1794, right? Yes. So it's, it's, it's above the TRD Pro, which is the off-road version, and we'll mention the off-roading piece just in a second. Um, it's also above 1794, like you said. It's kind of all-in. You get the most premium interior, which is unique to it, uh, with leather that they also use on Lexus vehicles. You get everything, the hybrid, all the technology, panoramic roofs. You, you know, I keep saying this, but they should have made it a Lexus. Yes. So uh, I, there was a lot of hum about this, right, uh-huh. at the event. Yeah. Uh, people were asking, why is it not a Lexus? Yeah. Why, 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 why not? This? Why isn't it Lexus? Yeah. Um, Lexus and Toyota, why isn't it? Pray so, tell. You, so sell, you there, sell the we get one hint. Balls out of them. We got one hint from kind of the conversations behind the scenes. And that is? And that is that Toyota felt that, or Toyota Lexus felt, that um, Toyota Tundra, it was hard for them to launch a new brand. Okay, uh, a Lexus truck would be a whole new thing, right? Um, so the hint was that the Tundra brand has so much value that they're going to be investing into that brand and pushing it further into the future. As Sounds they like are marketing mumbo jumbo. It was a, bit, a little bit of marketing, yes. Mm, I, I mean, it could be a Lexus, but but how do you launch a new brand right now? It's so not that a brand. Was a it's, it's not a brand. It's a new model. And auto manufacturers and truck manufacturers launch new models all the time. Like right. a Maverick, <laughs> like the Maverick, like the <laughs> like the Mach E, like the Bronco. <laughs> you know, I mean, they they just launch new ones all the time. So it's not a brand; it's just launching a new model, and you're putting it in the dealership where all these people come and have their Lexuses serviced. And I bet you, you know, there'd be a bunch of Texans who would like be, holy cow, look at that! We got yeah, ourselves it's a, pickup truck. A, a, a true pick 'em up <laughs> truck yeah. uh, with the Lexus badge. I want one of them yeah. anyway. Um, so, um, yeah, it's expensive. We're running out of time, Andre, yeah. but let's, uh, we promised to talk about the other two, so let, let's talk about the other two. Uh, we also have had the Ram uh, Backcountry. Yes. Uh, for how many? Two months now? It's, it's, it's About two-ish. Yeah, yeah two-ish, two and we've yeah. used it in a bunch of videos. So thank you, Ram, for the long-term loan on that. Um, and basically what they did was uh, they uh, created kind of uh, What's uh, a Rebel Light. Off-road plus, I off-road would say. Plus, yeah. So they have an off-road package, right, in yeah. the Ram lineup. And backcountry is a little bit, you have a little bit more cosmetic changes to it, like blacked-out trim and grills and stuff like that. You still have the kind of the four-wheel drive system, the rear locker. Um, it's it's kind of a Rebel Light because it doesn't have uh, quite as big of a tire, right? It doesn't have all the skid plates that the Rebel may have. I thought it'd be, um, it's kind of a good hunting truck. That's what it felt to me like. That's if, kind of what it is. Yeah. yeah. If I was going to hunt, that would be the truck I'd want. Um, so, and a Rebel is a little bit more sporty, right? You, if you want. Did you notice how I got rid of the G? Like to be a hunter. I'm not a hunter, but. but it's I, like talk, talking, talking yeah, trucks. Yeah, you see, I was trying to. Yeah. I was trying to kind of. <laughs> Talk the vernacular with with our viewers. Yeah, <laughs> the only time I went hunting, Andre was Nissan took me hunting, uh, duck hunting. Speaking of Nissan, and yes. I almost shot Tim in the face. So, probably, oh wow! <laughs> seriously, I didn't know that when you're like shooting ducks, you don't want to go like what I'm doing with my arms is I'm, you're supposed to move it like 20 degrees, and you don't want to move it like 30 or 40 degrees where your partner is next to you. You were learning from Dick Cheney? No, no, I was learning from Tim. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Tim. He taught me how to, how to not shoot people when you're duck hunting. <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Tim. I, I know Tim goes hunting. I guess. Quite, yeah, he's a hunter. Quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, 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 definitely. This is a, this is a lot about no, Tim's show. But yes, 
We should have him as a guest. Hey, hey, he just did a whole show about Doug DeMero, so. <laughs> yes, there you go. So, speaking of Titans, I mean Nissans, we have a Titan as well. Um, so, the Titan has been really solid. You and Nathan recently did kind of a summary. Yeah. Right, talk, talking about our time with it. Uh, we still have it for, well, for what, another month or maybe half a month? Yeah, it's a, it's a dying breed. It's got a V8, dude. Those, yeah. are, those are quickly going the way of the Dodo. And it's nice that Nissan kept the V8. Yeah, and remember, everybody was nervous. Everybody thought the Titan is going away completely. And you actually, unlike, unlike you know, non-journalists, influencers, dare I say, Andre, you actually I checked with Nissan. You checked with Nissan and asked before we started doing a Scotty Kilmer like Nissan is dying. Nissan is dead. Yeah, didn't, didn't Scotty do a video like two years ago that Nissan is dead? Yes, he did. <laughs> he did. Are they dead, Andre? Uh no. Okay. It is. It's so, a Titan so, dead. So I I, I uh, reached out to Nissan uh, folks. You know, we of course have a dialogue uh, with their PR department, and they said no. And here's um, and then they announced the 2022 Titan pricing. So um, it starts about thirty nine thousand dollars for, uh, but they kept the V8. The V8 is still there. So that truck moves on, and they'll have more Nismo off road parts available all right, all right, uh, so, for it. So breaking news, guys! For those of you who get your news from Scotty Kilmer, Nissan is still in business. Yes. And for those of you who solely get your news from the Nissan forums, according to Nissan. The Titan is not going away. Now, that may change tomorrow. So, you know, I don't want to hear an I told you so because <laughs> tomorrow there may be a press release. <laughs> oh, the Titan is dead. No. But as of <laughs> today, yeah. the, the, the 2022 Nissan Titan is still alive and well and, and being built in Smyrna, I believe, yeah. Mississippi. Yeah. And also they are getting a little bit more traction with sales. They sold, they increased their sales in 2021, not by a lot. They're still in, you know, in the last place behind Tundra. Um, in sales, uh, but hopefully they can gain a little bit more traction. Maybe if they offer more powertrain choices, maybe uh, make it more efficient, uh, and on and on and on, maybe they can grow. Now, in terms of the Bronco, uh, you know what, I don't want to, we're running out of time, so if you want to know what's been going on with the Bronco, we just did it live video, I believe, uh, so go over to you TFL You did kind now. of a wrap-up, yeah, I mean, a, kind of an annual yeah, six update. Months. Yeah, yeah, we did a six-month update on that, so you can see everything that's gone right and or wrong with it. Uh, so tell me about this LMTV that you uh, that you uh, sledded down yeah. Sniper Hill. So uh, one of our viewers and now friends, uh, yeah. Marcus, uh, owns this, uh, he purchased this kind of army surplus truck. So it's a truck that's, I'm not sure exactly how old it is, but it's an older vehicle that the army sold at auction and you can buy them, I mean, at auctions across the country. Diesel, Uh, I take it? uh, It's diesel, it's got a Caterpillar straight six, so it's kind of a, it's got that semi truck feeling, right? And it's got a big Allison transmission, which is automatic. Do you have to have a CDL to drive that? You know, uh, it's so it's its weight is below twenty six thousand pounds yeah. of overall combined weight, but it's got air brakes. Mm-hmm. So technically, technically, but um, since it's going to be his RV, yeah. his home, yeah. um, you have that, to have there is an RV exemption. Yes, there is an RV exemption. exemption. Yeah. So you, you, you can drive the biggest. Tr- Truck or bus in the world. You can drive a Prevost uh, <laughs> mega bus as and, long as it's an RV. Yeah, as long as you have a pulse. As apparently, long as, as long as you, <laughs> you have, <laughs> have enough money to afford one. Yeah, so you can drive it. So, but technically, I, I was glad I had my CDL. But anyway, so we took it to Tumbleweed Ranch. That video is coming. Uh, I turned it into a sled because uh, coming down Sniper Hill, it's fairly steep. And we had about an inch, um, a foot and a half of snow, and below it was just frozen mud. 
You know how the water right. used yeah, to so, run so, down there? Yeah, so basically you've got snow on top of ice. Ice, yeah. Uh, a sheet of ice. So, um, and you'll see it in the video. Um, this truck turned into a sled. I tried to let go of the brakes, you know, to keep the wheels turning. No ABS on this, I take uh, it? No, yeah. no. Um, so, and also using gearing. So, uh, the shifter on this truck is on the left. How many gears? Um, it's got seven. Seven uh, automatic transmission. But when you put it in certain modes, you can actually... You know, shift it manually. So, so that video is coming. Uh, Marcus is a great uh, now friend, and he's going to be coming out hopefully to tumbleweed range again. Oh, that's great because he's got a bunch of he's got a tremor, right? Yeah, he's got a Super Duty tremor. Yeah, nice. He also has an Isuzu. You know, some of the, those commercial vehicles yeah. that he's building into an Overlander as well. All right. Well, there so. you have it, guys. Thank you for joining Andre and myself. Uh, I've taken Nathan's place. We had a snowstorm today, so uh, we didn't. Yeah, we Nathan. It's been snowing all day yeah. and all night. Yeah, trying to, you know, hurt himself coming in here or getting into uh, causing more congestion out there. So uh, next time, I'm sure Nathan will be back. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Uh, as always, remember, go to tfl-studios.com for all of our everything. Uh, podcast, website, yeah, news, everything. And that way you're always in the loop because we get a lot of emails from people saying, hey, you didn't cover this, you didn't cover that. And I'm always like, Andre is on top of it. <laughs> Just go to tfltruck.com. Or tfl-studios. Yeah. Exactly. All right. yeah. Uh, and thank you to our patrons, our patrons for yeah. our, our support. Uh, and we'll see you next week. Same time, same station. Uh, and by next week, Andre, you'll have driven the Tundra back with the Black Series camper. So that so seems like a good, yeah. Yeah, discussion. we can talk about that. We also have, you're doing something, uh, snow driving, right? More ice driving. I am, but that's probably going to be a car thing. Yeah. And then we're off to the Chicago Auto Show next week. So that'll be a So hopefully we'll have show. some news. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, see you guys next time. Ciao. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.